1: Hi, and welcome back to realistic sustainability. I'm Mike, and guess what? I am not here with Nick. I'm not. I'm here with Mr. Rob Bogan. How are you today? I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. <laughs> How are you? I'm all right. Thank you so much for sneaking in last second. I called Nick. We have an appointment. We're gonna we're gonna record at nine o'clock in the morning because he loves mornings, by the way. And no answer. You know, I text him, no answer. I message, no answer. I'm thinking, what the heck? So finally I get upset. I call Nick. You know, he is my little brother, so I can be cranky. And he has COVID. Yikes. Yeah, so he was sleeping. It sounded like lurch when he answered the phone. (laughs) So I'm sorry, everybody. We are without the humor of Nick Nazarian today. He's probably going to be down for a little bit. And really, we just want him to get better.
0: That's it. That's it. That's the most important part. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and apologize to everybody who listens to this podcast and loves this podcast, because
1: I am probably going to
0: run it right into the ground. (laughs) That is not true. (laughs) I have
1: seen the curated culture. you got the new logo. Everything's going great. The show is doing absolutely fantastic. There's no way you're running this thing in the ground.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. I'll do my best.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're going to have to, you're going to have to get by on completely different topics. I mean, what was it last week? You're running around Comic-Con all over San Diego. And today I'm going to make you talk about like the carbon footprint of the internet.
0: You know I'm actually really excited about this because it's not often that I actually get to discuss things and actually sound smart like most of the time I'm just comparing who what superhero would beat what superhero in a battle and this is this is something that actually matters like IRL in real life for those uninitiated. <laughs> so I'm excited man i'm I'm ready to to dive into this. Excellent.
1: So I got a quick question before we start. When you're comparing superheroes and who's going to win, are we utilizing true physics or the physics of their universe?
0: Oh, comic universe only. No, Nobody <laughs> cares. Nobody cares about the actual real life stuff. That's not fun. Well, I do. I'm a <laughs> physics guy. I know. I know. But yeah, we, we throw usually in, in those debates and discussions, we throw all that stuff out of the window and, and we argue pure, comic powers and capabilities that would be fun though to argue physics
1: Uh, that's where my brain goes immediately so i think i should probably stay out of the arguments i'm gonna have to sit back and just watch one every once in a while to get a feel for how it really works You're more than welcome to debate us at any time. (laughs) (laughs) I think I I will probably lose by default, but it will be fun to do. (laughs) Anyways, the reason why I want to talk about the internet and its carbon footprint, and we've kind of touched on this stuff in the past over the last couple of years, is because it's becoming more and more and more important in society. We use the internet from everything from our education to mechanical efficiencies, even Like healthcare can be run through the internet. You've got doctors doing operations with machines who aren't even in the same country as their patient. We are utilizing this connectivity in more and more ways. And if we ignore the fact that it has a carbon footprint, it's going to put us in trouble.
0: Yeah, I, I I am one that, you know, when somebody says carbon footprint, I immediately think of, you know, some sort of sneaker or something like that. Like this, this sounds like a very shoddy made sneaker. So uh, for, for me, myself, uh, and for those who may not be aware of it, can you break down specifically
1: what the carbon footprint is? So, with the internet, it could be a lot of different things. It can be a little ambiguous because, much like sustainability, almost every question asked to me is the answer is depends. And when it comes to the internet, it is first of all, how much electricity does the machines use to be able to display the internet? There's one thing, there's all those data farms that have to hold all that information 24 hours a day and their consumption. There is the fact that we have internet which now creates e-commerce which is creating a whole different connectivity of the world. Now you can buy those sneakers from any country and have them in two days at your doorstep and all the carbon emissions that went with getting them from point A to point B plus the production of them and warehousing of them. So when we talk about the carbon footprint of the internet, it can be very, very wide. And what I want to do is kind of take some bits and pieces and take a look at this to see, is there ways to make things better? What are the things that are the, are the bigger problems? What are the, the low hanging fruit of things that we can fix that kind of stuff? I got you.
0: So I, I, I immediately hear that. And I feel terribly ashamed because I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll do my part in, in try to protect the environment and I'll, purchase sneakers that are made from recycled materials and people who try to move towards net zero emissions and they use recycled materials for the boxes but if i'm hearing you correctly (laughs) (laughs) nothing i do matters anyway because i'm ordering it from my smartphone or from my laptop and it's still you know at, at some point or another it is still causing a negative
1: effect so, there's always these positive and negatives we have to weigh, okay, And when we here at realistic sustainability, we try to stay in this real universe that we live in that means that sometimes you just want it. so you offset that need somewhere else. you bring your fork to work. you do these other things that reduce energy because you really want those shoes. But remember those shoes, that plastic. Most likely, because it's better for marketing, came from the great garbage patch in the, was it the Pacific Ocean. And so someone had to go out there, collect that garbage. Thank you for doing so. But then bring that back and go through the exact same manufacturing process and probably more manufacturing process because you have plastics that can't be the same plastic it was when you grabbed it. To be able to make a product that will be your shoe. So there actually can be a much wider carbon footprint to that my answer is always keep that shoe and use that shoe until you cannot use that shoe anymore <laughs> that shoe has to be there for a long long time
0: <laughs> that's that's a good that's a good point that's a good point I never I never really looked at it that way to be honest and this this is why I enjoy these talks because it's like okay I you think you're doing your part and and the companies themselves will go hey you know this is better for the environment but in the grand scheme of things, maybe it's it's level, but in, in most cases, as you just explained, it could potentially
1: actually be worse. Well, and now again, let's keep in mind the whole realistic side of sustainability. Anybody who gets a chance to see this video is going to look over my shoulder and see a bunch of plastic Marvel toys. <laughs> now, first of all, they were primarily gifts, but mm-hmm. I still have them. I have mm-hmm. foam on the walls because I'm in a studio. You know, there's things that we still have to do or still choose to do. The fact that you think about it means you're already doing better. And that's the important factor is that when you stop and you think about it, even if you're making the wrong decision, you are doing better than 90% of the of the population of this planet. Well, thank you. I, I, do, I feel slightly better. <laughs> See, and as you learn more, you'll make little adjustments and we'll, and we'll be good to go. Definitely. So the internet is a tool that is required for sustainability of the future of civilization. I truly believe, because here's, there's two different kinds of sustainability. And I don't subscribe to the first one. The first one is everybody goes back to the stone age. They, you know, You're living in the woods, you're, you're net zero life, you are pooping in a composting toilet. You're using that to grow your own food. Everybody knows I love growing my own food, but I don't like doing it from my own feces. (laughs) Uh, Not that it's bad, but it's just not my choice. I don't subscribe to us going backwards, but I do believe that we can live a good quality of life. I do believe that we can live even in a technology-based world if done correctly. And in order to do that, you have to have the Internet. We have to have machine learning. We have to have some level of AI. And we have to have this Internet connectivity between pieces because they are way more efficient than we are. Gotcha. So in that in that example, how do
0: – and this, this is the first thing that – the first thought that comes to my mind. How do we use the – part of the problem to fix the problem
1: <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like, doesn't it <laughs> It does yeah <laughs> so in the 50s when the refrigerator turned on the house blinked because the draw was so strong that just for a very split second we browned out the house because we only produce enough electricity in our network to cover our need and it would turn on so quickly it would do a, a blink a draw the backfill would fill that and we w- we wouldn't notice anything else. But that's because it was taking so much electricity. Well, as time has gone on, as we got into, I think, the 90s really is where the Energy Star brand really kind of kicked up. We started looking at efficiency, but we're only looking at the efficiency of the machine. We're starting to get to where the efficiency is so good that the machine isn't. okay. we've kind of hit the peak of what little amount of electricity we can use for something like for example, you're starting to see like toaster ovens that are now air fryers. We've taken this thing that makes coils glow. And now we're just doing the circulation of heat as a great reduction, even though it's just as hot, but it's about as good as we're going to get at the moment. But it usually stays plugged in. It's usually still lit up and it's always ready to go, but it's always go ready to go because it's constantly connected. What I'm talking about is Smart houses, smart towns, smart energy grids, smart states, and smart countries where each individual item talks to each other. Where the refrigerator knows because it, every time the door opens, it's recording it. Every t- How long it stays open, it's recording it. And it now knows that you are not opening that door from 2 a.m. all the way to 8 a.m. because no one ever does. I'm shutting the compressor down. Okay. You know, or the fact that when when Jamie first moved in with me, I had my house temperature and my thermostat tied to my phone. So that poor woman would, you know, stay at my house and I would leave for work and it would shut the heat off. Oh, yikes. So... <laughs> And it wouldn't turn on until it, it, until it registered me pulling into my driveway. So by the time I got out of the car set up, it was already starting to warm up. But in the middle of the day, it was 50 degrees. And, mm-hmm. You know, Unfortunately for her, she was still sleeping, woke up to a very, very cold house. But I had it set to me. Well, the Internet of Things, interconnectivity to everything, it will go beyond me. It will learn me to a level that I don't know me. Some of it will be option, you'll throw your clothes in the washer and you'll say wash and your, your washer will tell you, it's the most expensive time to use electricity right now would you like me to start this later, maybe it's a washer dryer combo and you don't need it till morning, you say yes you go to sleep to you it's voodoo in the morning because it's done but it really started at midnight or one o'clock, because it didn't matter, that's how we bring that energy grid to a flat line because right now we have peaks. That's why they tell you in the summer, please don't turn your air conditioner on during these super hot days when it's the time you want air conditioning. And I've said this in shows before, but in England, during the most popular show that they have, the middle commercial, they have to buy electricity from the rest of Europe to cover that 15 minutes. Because too many people in the nation fire up the electric kettle at the same time, just from habit. The whole goal is to fluctuate. Maybe everybody turns on the kettle at the same time, but we wait on the laundry. We wait on the dishwasher. We, the refrigerator has turned itself off because they we're not opening and closing it during that time so that we can compensate for that spike. Mm-hmm. That's where I say Internet is a crucial part of flattening out our use, bringing the total down. And even if we're still using fossil fuels, dr- dramatically reducing the amount we use. I got you. And that
0: that makes complete and total sense. And I'm glad that you that you spoke about Internet of Things devices, because as you are well aware, I'm a giant technology nerd. So you're speaking my language. And I remember doing a a little while ago, I remember doing a a segment on um, ABC about Uh, Internet of Things devices and how wireless networks are being upgraded to support them and how eventually we would have smart cities with smart sidewalks and you know roads with uh, traffic lights that are connected to the technology on board ambulances so if they need to get to a hospital immediately they're at that ambulance can communicate with those traffic lights to make sure that they are green for them as they're going through instead Mm -hmm. of all red. Um, And to hear you talk about how those same principles could be applied to technology within the home makes so much sense. But the question that I have now is why isn't there an immediate emphasis (laughs) on pushing these devices and pushing this technology out? Because it sounds like to me that You, I asked a question, how do you solve the problem with part of the problem? You just gave me an example. Why can't we get to that point yet? Like, I know I'm in Best Buy quite a bit, and I know that there's refrigerators that can play Pandora and stuff like that. But it it seems like, you know, the actual usefulness of it, like something like you just described, knowing that nobody's going to touch that fridge between 2 a.m. and 8 a.m., like, and that can save you. On your on your energy bill and, and energy usage it seems like that would be more important to push than the fact that you can listen to the latest taylor swift album through your fridge maybe i'm wrong maybe taylor swift takes precedence over everything but <laughs> that's that's what i feel like that's a very important thing
1: well and the first main reason why we can't just roll it out and be done with it is uh george orwell 1984. 1984. Yeah, Everybody is watching. (laughs) We have created a fear of technology. My mother, hi, mom, if you're listening, because sometimes you do, puts tape over her camera so no one could tap in and look at her. Now, I've reminded her time and time again, if they're tapping in, they're listening because they want passwords. They don't care what shirt you have on. So right. don't tape the camera, tape the microphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but that same that same reasoning that she does that is the same reasoning people were ripping smart meters off their houses. Mm-hmm. The same reason that no one will buy a home assistant. And, yes, I say home assistant because if I say their real names, then we get thousands of listeners that their whole house lights up. But Yes that some of those people won't get them, will not get them because they're being spied upon. This has to collect it, this, this information. The fact that I said, I know that you will not go into the refrigerator, you know, from uh, one o'clock in the morning to 8 a.m., someone's going to go, that's not information I want you to have. Sure. Because, and, and companies have abused some of that, don't get me wrong. Once they know that, you're gonna get targeted ads for certain right. things that are part of your life that is so creepy because you're like, oh my goodness, I was just thinking that, how did they get that? from? It's from your actions, yes. it's, it's the Westworld data collection. Yes. The other part is we can't necessarily roll it out because right now data centers, as they stand, are 1% of global electricity use. Yikes. So just the concept of collected information is 1% of all the energy used on this planet. Imagine when everything, and I do mean everything, mm-hmm. collects
0: data from you. That's yeah that's that's pretty intense. I, I want to bounce back to the the data collection and things like that because as well we both have backgrounds in wireless and mm-hmm. you know it, people it's it's odd to hear people take that stance like ah that's not something that I that I want, you know, this device to know, but yet we know that we are on a monitored connection no matter what and we still look for those things no matter what. So it's like that data is going to get collected one way or another. So at this point, now that we know, and this is my tinfoil hat moment, it's aluminum though, so it's recyclable. I appreciate uh, <laughs> that. Uh, we know that that data is going to get connected or collected at some point. So why not embrace it, I guess. And and the second thing is, um, you know, it feels like, constantly we are always our own worst enemy like we know that we have things that could be not necessarily a quick fix but definitely a fix yet we are so afraid to embrace it because it's changed and because it's different and because the illusion of your privacy being invaded even though it's invaded regardless um you know, seems to turn people off from, from embracing these technologies.
1: So it is taught, uh, especially as you get older, you pay more and more attention to politics or world events and all these things. And they all have these same undertones. You know, me, I love psychology. I've been studying cable news now for almost 10 years and it's amazing. (laughs) It's not allowed in my house, but it's amazing. The undertones, the the way things are said, have taught people change means not what you like. If you're comfortable, change is by default uncomfortable, which is not necessarily true. Uh, that privacy, which, by the way, is a myth. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is a myth. And I don't mean the rattle cages or shake trees or any of that kind of stuff. It is just not a real thing. Mm-hmm. You know, your privacy, if you lock yourself in your room, you got a little privacy. But the moment you've left the house, honestly, most of the time still in the house, you've lost the privacy. But I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and say the moment you leave the house, you have no privacy. All the yes. cameras everywhere, your cell phone. I mean, it's just it's an endless, endless forms of watching. But everything works- is an algorithm now. Yeah, and we're conditioned to answer every question with what's the cost. Because general public is held to a standard of check by check and the threat is change costs you. Mm-hmm. So by default, I'm barely getting by I want no change. When in the reality a a fine tuned smart house should operate at 20% of its current electrical use. It would it would great and I'm going to say it like I say in every show, if sustainability is done correctly, it is always cheaper. Always. Mm-hmm. Unless someone abuses it, you know, there's some company that's doing it wrong. It is always cheaper because mm-hmm. sustainability is a reduction. Got it. We still do have problems with that data stuff because mm-hmm. data collection grows by 9% every year. And we know that it uses 1% of global electricity at this moment. Mm-hmm. So that's a big jump. Huge. It, right now, the Internet itself and its basic needs creates more carbon emissions than air travel. I was, uh, I was, <laughs> you know, in, in my
0: preparation, you know, I don't usually like to research or, or look things up before <laughs> I record. I just guns a blazing. I run into the topic. But that was one thing that I saw. This is how you can tell I'm getting really into it because I like leaned into the camera. <laughs> uh, one thing that I saw was was a, a stat that I did. I was hoping that you brought it up, but I, I read that the carbon footprint of our our gadgets, the internet, and all the systems supporting it account for about three point seven percent of global greenhouse emissions. Yep. And experts, air quotes, for those who will only hear this in audio form, I just did air quotes. Uh, experts are predicting that that number specifically is going to double by 2025. We are almost at the end of 2022. So we are talking very, very imminently that this number is going to double. So I know you're not specifically an expert in in this field. Maybe you are, but is there any way to, is there any way to to coil that to slow it down to reduce that number from doubling or are, are we past the point of no return
1: well understand this the technology we use for the internet will never be this primitive again true and it doesn't seem like it is but when you when you held a Nokia brick phone as one of the coolest things you've ever owned you know that it always goes linear in one direction mm-hmm. so our technology hoping that people don't want to go, quote unquote, back to the good old days, but we continue to move forward in technology and Moore's law continues to hold strong. That technology doubles its capability every 18 months. It will always get better. But because of how capitalistic systems work, we are constantly adding more people. And which, by the way, It's capitalism in this manner is designed to pull people out of poverty into middle class. That's why we're starting. China is now a a full-blown country, and it's not just a backwoods place. And now Africa is starting to become, and people's lives will get better. But (laughs) we have Better living through
0: technology. (laughs) It
1: is. It is better living through technology. But the technology has to become more efficient and talk to each other. Right now, it is... How do I want to say it? Millions and millions of independent devices. Mm-hmm. If you take any two devices in your home and tie them together and get them to work together, they work better. Almost always, they will work more efficiently together. Those millions and millions of devices have to do the same thing. Got so it. when you're driving right now and you turn on your GPS and it says there's traffic ahead, it's, that is literally just counting how many cell phones are in front of you and the pace that they're traveling at. It should be able to verify it with the vehicle. It should be able to start offering, it it does now, starts offering different directions, but it Mm -hmm. should start offering it options, different, you know, be able to communicate. I'm a police officer trying to get somewhere. It should immediately communicate to every vehicle in front of you to move over. Got it. it. Each piece has to create this efficiency. You talked about driving down the road and the lights all turning green as you're going through. That's only a timer. We're not even using machine learning yet. Using machine learning, it would become more and more efficient over time based on human need and traffic. We are like clockwork. <laughs> we, <laughs> machines figure us out pretty darn quick. Very fast. So we can create efficiencies that are, like I said, a smart house fine-tuned to the people who live there will use only 20% of their current use. And if you have the world doing that, But by default, I'm saying we will only use 20%. And as you add more devices, it really won't change that profile because we're in such an efficient mode. And then there's a secondary portion to it. It's Mm -hmm. because we're still burning crap to create electricity. Once you stop doing that, because that's another, hey, we know the solution, but no one will move on it once you've changed to the smart grids these micro smart grids that communicate with each other with clean inputs then it no longer matters you are a low to zero emission society got it and
0: and how important is it for your technology manufacturers then to start to implement more environmentally friendly manufacturing processes than, like I mentioned, the the you know shoes or sneakers that are made from post recycled materials. Apple is really big on you know including more uh, recyclable uh, aluminum in their products and things like that. How how do we take that just from those those handheld consumer products, our smartphones and things like that? And move them into the refrigerators and move them into our thermostats and and our vehicles and make
1: them more friendly. Well, and I feel like at some point, wireless service will have nothing to do with carrying a device. Maybe we'll have an armband, a phone, a a watch, or something that is with us at all times. Mm. But I do believe connectivity will be connectivity that we will be able to walk up to the refrigerator and see the exact same things in our, in our refrigerator to us that our phone has just because I'm, I'm the one within proximity of it. So it switches to my profile gotcha. or when I go to sit and watch TV, it I mean, Netflix tells you pick who pick which person and I'll give you a curated option. You should at some point that you just walk in the room and all the devices know it's you. So connectivity like that service, if you will, will be one thing, and it Mm -hmm. follows you as a person. These these little efficiencies and changes. Right now, Netflix and Zoom are two of the largest CO2 producers through the internet because streaming is so intense. You and I right now are streaming on Google. Uh, We are doing the most intense internet thing we can do. Now, granted, I reduce my consumption by 90% by going to standard definition. Hmm. So if you're watching YouTube, TV, or Netflix, there's an option in the corner, which is relatively hidden, that you can switch to standard. Now, I only know a handful of people who would even notice the difference, mm-hmm. but the amount of data in difference is a 90% difference in energy consumption Wow! through, through the server. So some of this stuff is us learning it, Mm -hmm. Some of it is us getting comfortable with technology learning us because people aren't comfortable with that. Yeah. And some of it is technology changes like the grid. I got you. I, I will,
0: I will admit, and I am, I am feeling wholly guilty because I'm finding more and more things that I'm doing (laughs) that is not helpful, but I gotta, I gotta say, man, I, I need, I'm one of those weirdos. Like I need to be able to see every pore in my favorite actor's face. (laughs) So I'm cranking that thing all the way up to, you know, 4k. And, and when football season rolls out, I'm going to be 4k in it up. And uh, it's, 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 I don't know. It's one of those things where we have, I guess, I feel like we have been trained to uh, sacrifice for the, the, the,
1: convenience of convenience? Oh, there's a whole segment of people who I've talked to as a sustainability nerd. I have a hard time saying expert. <laughs> and their answer is, hey, I paid my dues. I'm 60 years old. I should be able to get whatever the hell I want. It just because you figured out it's killing the planet now doesn't mean I don't get to, you know, chill out and watch High Definition or I don't get all these things. I don't drink as much coffee as I want, or whatever it happens to be. I earned it. I'm doing this. And you know what? You do live only one life that we know of. Mm-hmm. So I understand that. What I ask is understand what you're doing. That's all I ask. Don't ignore it. Don't don't put a blind eye to it because you want to do it. Do it because you want to do it, but you do understand the offset. When you look at the kids and you go, okay, I'm doing this and it's bad for them, you know, but... Right. I'm going to offset that with uh, I'm not getting a second pair of shoes this week. You know, <laughs> you know right, something yes. that's going to offset it because just the con- we're in a situation in this world right now, just getting people to think about it as a win. OK, and that is the biggest point. Like every time I say something, you're like, oh, man, I do that, too. Yeah, but- you see me get lower <laughs>
0: and lower. Of like, but uh,
1: there's actions that you already take from past conversations. Mm-hmm. You think about it. I know you well enough to know that when you're at Comic-Con, someone's going, do you need a bag with that? You're like, no, I got this one. I got, I'm good. I'm good. Because you're making that decision from information that you've learned.
0: I do want to say humble brag for myself. This is me trying to redeem. There was several, (laughs) there were several booths that were giving out like the canvas bags and all that. And I'm like, yes, give me those because I'm gonna take them to the grocery store with me. And I'm gonna put my groceries in there. Uh and, and, and I'm gonna use those going forward. And that was my way of of kind of, you know, reducing my personal footprint because as you're well aware if you don't then they're just going to shove 50,000 plastic bags, you know, into your cart and and then you shove it into another larger plastic bag and before you know it you have 6 years of plastic bags hanging on one of your doorknobs. <laughs> well,
1: okay, so my question is how long have you been back from San Diego? Um, week and a half and how many times have you taken those to a store? 0 See, I tried to redeem myself and you just bring me right back down. Now, is it only a grocery store? That's Uh, one of the things that's so weird is for some reason we think these canvas bags can only go into a grocery store. mm -hmm. It doesn't matter where you go. If you need to carry something out, they can go in with you. Okay. So even if you're going into Dunham's for a new pair of shoes, Mm -hmm. you can bring your own bag.
0: I don't go in the stores a whole lot, sir. Everything <laughs> everything that I do is online. I'm terrible. Great
1: for this episode,
0: huh? <laughs> very very <laughs> good. I I do I I'm very I'm curious about this, you know, mm-hmm. we we talk about, you know, all the things that we do and the steps that we can take to reduce or at least to minimize our impact. What what is you said streaming is is one of the most data intensive things that we do. What about the influx of content creation that's going on—the TikToks, the Instagrams, things like that? Like, is 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 that also feeding into this overuse, uh, or is this a bad thing? Are my TikToks also making me a terrible person?
1: Well, we all know that I I have TikToks now and I have videos too, but yeah. Uh, we're creating videos. We're creating streaming. We've slowly, since the instant messenger left written written word, we started to we started to shorten terms. We started to use abbreviations and symbols and emojis to the point where some people it just looks like hieroglyphics. But there's a story to be told in there. But some people just can't read it. Now we're moving beyond that to video content. We're leaving written word, we're moving to video content, which is why, even though I tell you streaming is the most taxing, I tell you that because it's it's a fact. I don't tell you that because it's bad. The bad part is how we power it because we're going to use video. This is how we're gonna communicate. There's no better way for you and I to not be sitting side by side and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. This is how we can connect from distances. If I, if I lived in New York and you lived in California, we could still have this show and it would be exactly like it is at this moment. Right. So this, this is an improved experience that interconnects people all over the world. It's going to exist. What we have to do is fix how it exists. We have to fix the root cause of a problem. As an engineer, I say this all the time, if you've got a machine that keeps blowing a fuse. You know what do you do? Well, I run over and change the fuse. Great, you're about to become the fuse changing expert, because whatever it condition that that machine experienced that blew its fuse is gonna be back. Right. Maybe It'll not right again. away, but it's gonna happen. Right. You know, you have to root cause a problem. Us doing this is not is not the end all problem. It's that energy grid. And that's why I was very disappointed when we went through and created an infrastructure bill for the United States that was basically, let's clean up our old infrastructure with more old infrastructure. Because to me, the electrical grid is infrastructure. The internet service to this country is infrastructure. To me, much more valuable than most roads. Okay. Maybe not than bridges. Bridges (laughs) need to be fixed. Yes, they do. But – as we start to use electric cars, that is going to decimate the electric grid. And so we have to start. It's almost like they want to do it so it can break. And then they go, see, it's broken. We need money so we can fix it. But we knew this. We knew this long ago. So a lot of these complaints that we have of things that are quote unquote bad is because the root cause has never been resolved. Got it. And and in that example, as far as you can think of,
0: then, if people themselves aren't specifically going to be the main fixers who would be responsible for employing these fixes like how do we get to that point to where things technology the internet streaming is more effective and more efficient and, and less harmful long term
1: it's going to be unfortunately the best answer is it's going to be as people get more comfortable and generation cycle just like anything else. You and I were talking about the electric car and how people can damn it for it not being net zero and still be true. But it's the same argument people had with cars versus horses. They're like, well, you don't have any roads. There's no infrastructure. Where are you going to get gas? I could just let this graze for a little bit and I'm off and running again. Same exact arguments. It's just a different era. So we have to just, as consumers, it may sound funny, but I'm connect your things, get used to it. So when dad shows up and you just say things and things are happening, they know it's not voodoo and it's not scary and it's not harming you. You know, it's that be an example. I know early adopters are good at it, but they usually get to it when it's still a bit flawed. <laughs> so we have to we have to be early adopters with technology in that sense. When I set my heating and cooling up. I don't set it up to where it's exactly going to be perfect. I check bills and go, okay, this configuration was this amount you know, and I look at what was better, what was worse. I'm doing what that machine should be doing. So the first time they give me something that will do that, it's in, I'm bringing it in. Right now, my home assistant controls maybe 4% of my house. I would like it to, I would like it to some point to be fully integrated. And when people come over, I use it in front of them because it will start a conversation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was, that was one of the things that
0: in the wireless game, you know, they, they wanted you to to show it, talk about the technology and, and bridge things together. And it sounds like you're speaking to that same exact point. So how far into bridging these things together do we need to get in order to actually start to climb
1: out of this hole that we
0: dug ourselves?
1: It, emissions wise, we have to have transportation at at least 65, 70% mm-hmm. housing, residential housing. It needs to be an accepted concept at least. Okay. And honestly, there needs to be companies out there that do this for corporations, help them get, And and let's be honest, if a corporation optimized in this way, they're going to drop their operation costs dramatically. But there needs to be these companies that can go out there and show them that, do that for them, get paid for it. And then next thing you know, they're operating at 32% of what they previous did. We have to have that become an industry. Right now, we're more worried about how many factory jobs can we produce when no one wants to do them and ro- robots do them just fine. Right. We need jobs that are based on this new technology. We need to be able to educate society that it's not scary and that you can learn it. Because in most cases, this technology will be voice driven. It's going to be Star Trek. We're going to be living Star Trek in that sense. Mm -hmm. You're just going to ask for things and say things and things. It's just going to happen, you know? So there's a lot of education that has to go out there. And right now, unfortunately for the rest of us. I don't have a better way of saying it, politics, cable news, whatever we want to say, propaganda-wise, has decided that sustainability is one of the the fighting points, one of the argument points. And if you ask more than three questions, they fall apart because they don't know what the conversation's even about. But millions of people have pounded their stakes in the ground, and we have to get past that first. Got it. And th-
0: these are, these are all points that are, are super important. And, and I do, I do like the fact that you bring that up. Like, you know, people are being conditioned um, to just kind of turn away and act like there's not a problem when there are 100% is
1: don't immediately shy away from automation when someone will stand in a line for four hours because they refuse to go to a self checkout line. First of all, they're making that cashier's life suck. Second of all, they're avoiding technology. Mm -hmm. You're not creating jobs. No matter how long that line is, Walmart is not adding another person. No. Trust me, they will outweigh you. It costs Mm -hmm. them money. It costs you time. So don't avoid the technology. Learn to use it. Learn to embrace it so that you can get good with it and comfortable with it. So that over time, you can use it to your advantage and reduce your own carbon footprint. It's all about leverage is what you're saying. Just do. Um, I know I say this far too often in the show, but doing is greater than saying. Hmm. And as long as we're being examples, doing things, knowing what, knowing the things that we fall down on. I fall down on my diet on a regular basis. Me trying to cut meat almost out of my diet has been a dumpster fire. But I brush myself off and some of the chicken and then go back and try again. <laughs> I will continue to do this until I'm nearly a vegetarian. All right. For the guy who grows vegetables all over a city, you know, you'd think I'd want less meat, but it's one of those failures of mine. So knowing those about yourself and practicing and technology is one of them. Right on. Well, I, I appreciate
0: you enlightening me. There's there's several things that I'm going to have to do. I'm uh, apparently after we end this, I'm going to shut off every light in my house. I'm going to read by candlelight. I'm going <laughs> to no. invest in a carrier pigeon. Uh, I'm bringing those back. Carrier nope. pigeons, I think, are overrated. Uh, Not <laughs> or, realistic. Oh, sorry, underrated. <laughs> uh, what else can I do? What else can I do? Hmm. I don't know. I got some thinking to do, I guess.
1: That makes Little things. Remember, that's exactly what this show is about. Little things, little tiny things we can make changes on and be an example for others. So Mm -hmm. anyways, that's what we had for this show. I've had a blast, like always. And I got to tell you, this is one of the shows you didn't even make me mad.
0: You know, I went into I went into (laughs) this show thinking (laughs) I'm not going to piss this man off tonight. I'm not. I'm not going to I'm going to be an excellent inquisitive co host and I'm going to bring some stats and uh, I I enjoyed it man I, I like, I like the, um, the straightforward knowledgeable Mike I didn't poke the bear this time. Now the next time you bring me on though. (laughs) That's
1: gonna be a different story. Well, I do appreciate you stepping in for Nick, helping us out here, letting us get through a t- what I believe is a fun topic that not everybody may think so, but I do believe it's a fun topic and being able to share it with everybody. And hopefully everybody gets something from the show. If you like this episode, share it with a friend or on social media. If you want to help realistic sustainability, hit the follow button. It doesn't matter what podcast platform you're on. Just follow us, uh, leave a comment, click a like, any kind of activity we talked about that algorithm let's jack it up a little bit and let them see some activity if you go to greeninyourlife.org forward slash podcast you can see nick and i's content from there so you can always follow us on tiktok or twitter or youtube there's different content spread across all of them we would always greatly appreciate it these are all things that help the show and last, if you want to help financially, same page, greenyourlife.org forward slash podcast or by going to anchor.fm and just type it in Re- realistic sustainability. You can donate a dollar a month, five dollars a month, whatever is comfortable for you. So thank you so very much for listening. And before I close us all the way, Mr. Bogan, plug your stuff, man. Hey, man, I appreciate that, brother. I
0: am Rob, a.k.a. Robbie Diesel, purveyor of the curated culture, um, thecuratedculture.com. Robbie Diesel on the tweets, on the Instagrams, on the Snapchats, on the TikToks. But you know what? After this episode, don't watch any of my videos. Because no. you're going to increase your carbon footprint. And that's not <laughs> what we want. We don't want you to do that. <laughs> Make sure you check out the podcast, the curated culture, uh, under the same name and, uh, youtube.com slash Robbie diesel, tons of fun stuff there. If you're into comic cons, if you're in the sneakers, if you are into comic books, TV shows, there is something for everybody there. That is what I do. I am a culture curator. I bring the bets, best bits and pieces from all of society. And, uh, drop them right into your ear or in front of your face uh i appreciate you so very much for always inviting me on and i do want to say to nick specifically feel better brother we miss you we love you take care of yourself there's a too sweet for you too.
1: feel better man well and again everybody listening thank you so very much for taking this time out of your day for us uh and remember even though he says don't li- listen or watch you can Because we're going to get a little bit better each day. Little bit, little bit, big bit. Thank you so much. I'm Mike. I'm Robbie Diesel. And we will see you next week.
0: What's going on, everybody? My name is Rob, and I'm the host of The Curated Culture, a weekly podcast dedicated to dissecting the latest and greatest news from around the world of tech and pop culture. Now, we all know the internet can be a busy, noisy place, so let us calm that noise for you. Join us as we discuss the latest and greatest topics from the people and sources that matter most check us out every thursday as we jump into fresh original content new interviews and a host of other subjects that we know you'll find interesting so jump in whatever your favorite podcast app is and search the curated culture make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and in the meantime we'll catch y'all on the air